Welcome to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Their goal is to win the lost, disciple Christians, set the captives free, and see the sick made whole. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org. Now, here is Pastor Gary Culp with today's message. Well, good morning. The Lord bless you. What do we know for sure? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Let's pray for souls. We want everyone to go to heaven, right? Father, we're agreeing together for the eternal salvation of every boy and girl, man and woman in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, their past, present, future spouses, all the children they have now in the future and their family members, all grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members, all great-grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members. By faith, we're sending the Holy Spirit to convict each person of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to each person, your incarnation, your perfect life, the great miracles you did, your death, burial, and resurrection, your precious atoning blood, the revelation and understanding that by your stripes we were healed would come to every boy and girl, man and woman. And yes, Father, they'd humble themselves before you. They would repent of their sins, receive you, Lord Jesus, as Savior and Lord, being gloriously born again from above. And please, Father, get every person to a good Bible-believing teaching church. They would then be baptized in water, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Every Christian would become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're declaring that all the demon-possessed and demonized and captives are being set free, and all the sick are being healed from every sickness and disease. And we're agreeing and decreeing that your people are walking in financial abundance, prosperity, debt cancellation of their debts, the full blessing of Abraham, whom God blessed in all things. And we agree, and we say we believe we receive in Jesus' name. But, Father, we love the Jewish people. We owe them such a great debt of gratitude. We're praying for their salvation. We pray for the blinders and scales to be removed from their hearts and minds. They would truly understand that Jesus Christ is their Messiah, Savior, and Lord, and they would be born again. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem in accordance with your word. We also agree that they have an eternal covenant to all the land of Canaan. Lord, restore all that land to them. And Lord Jesus, give them complete and total victory in the upcoming Psalm 83 war and in the Ezekiel 38-39 war, Father. Be glorified and protect the Jewish people. Protect them from all their enemies, Lord Jesus, and keep them safe. And we agree for that right now. Also, Father God, there's so many things going on that displease you. And, Father, are a part of Satan's end-time plan for a one-world government. So we're praying against them, Lord. Father, we pray against Joe Biden, the Fed, and this digital currency they're trying to bring out. Father, we know that's all part of bringing forth the mark of the beast, controlling our finances, getting where we can't do anything without their permission. So, Father, we come against this in Jesus' name. Send their plans into confusion and derision. May they fight among themselves and raise up millions of people to cry against it, Lord, that this would be stopped, at least until after the rapture of the church. And, Father God, don't let there be any more viruses or pestilences, Father. 
We pray all these labs that are creating viruses and are trying to make things to release uh, to America and the world to kill people. Father, shut down those labs, destroy them, send a tornado, burn them down. Do whatever you do have to do, Father, that we would not have another virus again, Father, because we know that was intentional and it was meant to do evil. And also, Father, please secure our borders. Father, we pray that you'd kick out of this country all those who have come forth illegally, all the pedophiles, all the drug dealers, all the uh, sexual deviates, Father, the criminals, the foreign soldiers, all those, uh, Father, who've been let out of prison to come to America to bring destruction. Father, reveal them, expose them, drive them out, whether it be with law enforcement or your angelic host, and allow only those to come into our country who come in in accordance with your will and purposes and according to our laws and constitution. And, Father, we cry out to you, please protect our power grid. We know there's enemies foreign and abroad that would take out our electricity, our gas, our oil, our coal. Protect these, Father God. Thank you for fossil fuels. Thank you that you've ordained America to use them, Father God. And therefore, Father, expose the wicked agenda, Father God, of those who are trying to use the weather, Father, to bring destruction to America and bankrupt our country. Lord, stop this great evil. Expose it for what it is. And also, Father God, we're seeing, Father, uh, persecution, Father God, on a terrible scale against your servant Donald Trump, against Christians and conservatives, Father. Father, the Hamans are trying to destroy your servants, the Mordecais. So, Father, just like in the Old Testament, Father, we pray that you would protect Donald Trump and his family, the conservatives and the Christians. Not only would you protect us, you would promote us. And, Father, those Hamans, those who are trying to kill and destroy us, not only would you not let it happen, but you would hang them in their own gallows that they have planned for us, just according to your word, and we agree for that right now. And again, Lord, we're declaring your divine justice and judgment in America and over the Biden administration, Father. Bring forth all truth and expose all lies, and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to be talking today about living in the last days. Yes, I'm supposed to tell you, Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? Isn't it exciting? All the signs point to this. Remember in Israel, they're ready to build their temple. They're ready to get that started, and, and that's part of the book of Revelation, end-time prophecies. Everything points to it. You know, the WEF, Father... They're an institution that is controlled by Satan himself, literally to bring forth a one-world government. You will see come out of them the Antichrist and the false prophet. And we may see who they are before the rapture of the church. So keep your eyes open and realize all these things concerning the borders and bringing destruction, the pestilence, these are all intentional. These are done by Luciferians, devil people to try to destroy the United States of America. And so we got to take a stand against it, pray against it, and once we're out of here, well, the seven-year tribulation. Let me tell you, you don't want to be here. Yes, thank you, Jesus, people will be saved. But most of them will have to die because they won't take the mark of the beast. Therefore, they can't eat or drink. And again, uh, they'll be caught, and if they don't uh, take the mark and worship the Antichrist, the, the devil's servant, they will be killed. So this is the time to get saved. Okay. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. 
But the end of all things is at hand. I have to say amen. Be therefore sober-minded and watch in a prayer. And, have, and above all things, have fervent love among yourselves. We're going to focus on that in a little bit. For love shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the, of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to test you, as though some strange thing happened unto you? But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, then when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Boy, nothing could be more relevant for today than this passage of Scripture right in First Peter. Living in the last days, the end of all things is at hand. You better believe it. And again, the most prevalent thing is not just what's going on in Israel. And again, remember, Israel is God's time clock for everything in the end times. But just the reality in the United States of America, one nation under God, under the Biden administration, Isaiah 520 is being lived out on a daily basis in our school system, in our colleges, and society. Here it is, Isaiah 5.20. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, this sexual perversion, this transgender, there's only two genders, man and woman. The science bears witness to this. What kind of insanity and demon possession does it take to cause people to embrace perversion? Remember, the only sexual relationship that God blesses and anoints is one man, one woman in a marriage covenant. All sexual relationships outside that are sinful, need to be repented of all, can, be, can lead to demon, demonic oppression and possession. In fact, it's one of the worst sins because you're sinning literally against your own body. But that's where we are today. Jesus is coming soon. So the end of all things is at his hand. And remember what Jesus said the first thing in Matthew 24? I guess I better look at that just real quick. 
I used to think this was just kind of something to get the passage started, and yet I realized this was the first thing of most importance, and here it is in Matthew 24, uh, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Do you realize if you believe the regular news and things that are broadcast, you're living a lie? You're believing a lie? Isn't that terrible? You can't believe the things that are coming across the TV screen. You're, re you're receiving only a slanted view of, of truth. Sometimes half-truth, some just total lies, fake news. <laughs> Donald Trump got that exactly right. So to not be deceived, you have to be born again because only when you're born again do you have the Holy Spirit of God. And remember, the greatest gift you need to ask for and walk in is today is spiritual discernment. Remember the gift of discerning uh, spirits in 1 Corinthians 12? Let me explain how that works. When God gives you spiritual discernment, number one, you're able to discern the Holy Spirit. You know when God is talking to you. You hear his voice and you obey him. Also, you are able to discern between good and bad angels. Remember, if you have angelic visitations, they're not all good angels, they're bad. You have to test the spirits. Also, you're able to discern de demonic presences. And many times the Lord revealed to you the names and functions of those demonic imps that are either afflicting you or attacking others. And also, you're able to discern human spirits. You know, I've had my wife and my daughter say sometimes someone is telling you a story. It sounds like it's true. It sounds true to me. But then they're saying, no, there's something wrong. There's something inside me saying this is crooked. This is perverse. This is not right. You're able to discern human spirits. Oh, every business person needs that, don't they? People lie to them like dog, take advantage of them and steal from them. I think you'd better ask for the gift of discerning the spirits. Because only then will you not be deceived. And again, the greatest way not to be deceived is you study the Word of God. The Bible is absolute truth, and you know what absolute truth is. Because if God says it, that's it. That's the way it is, and that's the way it will always be. So praise God for His Word. Praise God for His Spirit. Amen. So the end of all things is at hand. Be sober-minded. You know, in the Amplified, it says, be sound-minded. Be self-restrained. Be alert. Oh, this is a day to be alert. In fact, remember Peter warned us. Or you even say God warned us in 1 Peter 5.8. Let's just go to the next chapter. Again, here's the admonition. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, he's talking to Christians, not unbelievers. Like a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's Christians. What do we do about it? Verse 9, whom resists steadfast in the faith, which means you're saved, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So we have to learn. In fact, James 4, 7 re repeats it. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we have to be sober-minded. You need to put on the whole armor of God. And notice the next one in verse 7. Watch under prayer. If you've ever prayed before, you better be praying now. Remember what Jesus told the disciples before he was getting ready to go to the cross? And he uh, needed them to pray and, and stay up, but they fell asleep. What did Jesus say to them? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. 
The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You need to be in prayer. You need to tell God about everything. You say, is he interested in everything? Yes, he is. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. How about First Thessalonians 5, 17? Pray without ceasing. How about Ephesians 6, 18? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all supplication for all saints. How about Jesus himself? He even taught a parable on it. Luke 18, 1. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means never give up. Keep pressing in. Keep hearing from God. Reading his word. Asking the Holy Spirit to make it real to us and enable us to walk in the truths of God's word. Watch unto prayer. Boy, it's a good word. Notice verse 8. We are to have fervent love among ourselves. Okay. I like, again, how the uh, the Amplified expands it just a little bit. Have an intense and unfailing love. Who? For your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to love each other. We are commanded to love each other. You know, last week as I was preparing a message for Sunday morning, the Lord kept putting this phrase into my spirit. And I'll read it here, but I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of verses before it. Talking about this same theme, let's just go a couple chapters earlier. 1 Peter 1, let's start verse 22. Seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. You know, part of the sanctification process of the Holy Spirit is you obeying the truth you know that God has revealed to you. Remember, Christians obey God. I hate to tell you this. Some Christians think grace means you don't have to obey God. I know that's nuts. I know that's insane. That's the day we live in. Okay, Make sure that's not in your church. Okay, Let's go back. Seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, and how do we do it? Through the Holy Spirit. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren, seeing that you, and here's the phrase phrase the Lord kept putting in my spirit, man, that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Well, that sounds like we're supposed to be really serious about loving one another, doesn't it? Fervently. Have you ever seen someone doing their job and you use the word fervently? That means they're really going at it, aren't they? I mean, they're just really doing a good job. So we are to love one another with a pure heart fervently. So it's not a suggestion for us to love one another. We're commanded to love one another and mean it. (laughs) Is that amazing? In other words, there's to be sincerity in our love one for another. And again, an intense and unfailing love. And notice this. Out of a pure heart. That means we have to be operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember over here in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. The Bible says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh, or another good word would be operateth by love. Oh, I want to be a person of great faith, mountain-moving faith, doing all these great things by faith. Well, praise the Lord. But no, this faith, this God faith, this faith produced by the Holy Spirit, given to you by the Lord Jesus, 
operates by love. I just read it. Faith worketh by love. You know, even Jesus, while he was here, he didn't mince words. Let's go to John 15 as he was training his disciples and giving us the word of God. John 15, 12. Some people call this the 11th commandment. This is my commandment, John 15, 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. Oh, we're to, we're to love people in the same way that Jesus loves us. And we know Jesus loves us intensely. Even though we do stupid, dumb, ignorant things, he still loves us. Yeah, that love we received, amen, and that love is now to be manifest in us toward others. And notice it doesn't say in any of your versions, this is my suggestion. <laughs> no, no, it says in all versions, this is my commandment. Let's continue to read it. Verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Are you a friend of Jesus? Oh, yes, I'm a friend of Jesus. I love Jesus. With all my heart, I'm his friend. Well, then go back to verse 12. He's commanded you to love all your brothers and sisters with all the stupid things they do, with all their little hang-ups, with all the times they act in a ridiculous way. Do you understand that? <laughs> Verse 15, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things have I heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Oh, I love verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Are you a Christian? Do you know? I know you got saved, but you know Jesus saved you. And before you said yes to Jesus, Jesus had already chosen you. He wanted you. Isn't that awesome? So when you're struggling in life and having difficulties, never wonder if Jesus loves you. Look at the cross, but also read this passage of Scripture. He chose you, and he knew everything about you. Past, present, future. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Boy, that's a promise of God. But we have to do one more verse. These things I command you, that you love one another. Oh, he commands us to love one another. Well, he loved us. I mean, be honest with yourself. I don't know how long you'd be a Christian. When he saved you, he got a mess. You were a mess. You were a selfish, uh, 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 commandment-breaking, wicked person, and he saved you anyway. He loved you. He loved you in your lost condition and drew you to himself and died for you and rose again. And he says to you and I, I've given you great love, and now you turn around and love others the same way I love you. I can tell this is going to be another two-part message, right? Let's, let's, let's drive this to the bone. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. 
He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. See, that is in the Bible. Verse 9, And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, through Jesus. Remember what Jesus said in John 15, Abide in me and I in you. It's a real relationship. You didn't get a ticket to heaven. You did not get a certificate. You enter into a relationship, a forever relationship with God through his son Jesus, now being empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's a relationship. Relationships have to be cultivated day and night, right? Okay. Verse 10. Here in his love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation, and another good word is mercy seat, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, and he does, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. Remember that first fruit of the Holy Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, goodness, gentleness, faith, or faithfulness. Okay, the first one is love. That's why you can love. God is in you. You've received love. What is that, Romans 5, 5? And the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given unto us. So you can love. You have to, and here's the word, you have to make a decision to love. Love is a decision. Well, I don't feel it. So what? God didn't say, well, get a mushy, gushy feeling and then go ahead and love. No, make a decision to love because I've told you to love. And when you make a decision to love and step out in love, well, I'll help those feelings to follow. But we do things by faith, not by feelings. We make a decision. Yes, Lord. You've told me to love one another. I say, yes, help me, strengthen me. Holy Spirit, empower me. Help me to see that person through your eyes. But I make a decision. I will love them according to your word. And see, God will bless that decision. And he'll allow you to overlook, at the, overlook the stupid, idiot, crazy thing they do, kind of like you do. And, and your friends overlook that too. <laughs> you never thought about that, did you? Okay. You just make a decision to love one another. Verse 14, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Let's jump down to verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath punishment. We looked at that last week, or torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now notice verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. Every person who got saved... And I pray that you're getting saved right now if you're not. Responded to the love of God he had for them. They discovered even though they were wicked, nasty, filthy, God still loved them. Jesus died for their sins and rose again. And they gave in and said yes to Jesus. They repented their sins. They said, Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior. And they got saved. And they experienced and received the love of God. You can do that too if you haven't couple more verses. Verse 20, If a man says, I love God, and hath his brother, he is a liar. You know, God's not politically correct, is he? For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? 
and this commandment. There it is, that word again. Have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also? What did God tell me? And we saw in 1 Peter 1, we're to love with a pure heart fervently, sincerely. We make a decision. I will love people with the very love God has loved me with, and I have the Holy Spirit to empower me to do it. And you can do it, and you will do it, and God says, I command you to do it. So we have to love one another. And it's easy with God's help. Amen? Have you received the love of God? Have you recognized your sinful condition and that you can't save yourself? Do you understand that it's only the blood of Jesus that can wash away your sins? Do you want to go to heaven? Pray with me right now. Dear God, I see it. I know that I'm a sinner. I believe and understand that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again. I repent of all my sins right now, Lord Jesus. Wash me in your precious blood. I invite you to come into my heart and spirit and be my Savior and Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Thank you for listening to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org or send an email to Pastor Gary. His email is GaryCulp at Yahoo.com. Please join them again next week as they continue to expound on God's truth in a relevant and practical way.